Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention... Along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin, bro. Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention... (laughs) Along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin, Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. Hello there. How are you? This is Frankie Picasso. I am your host of Frankie Sense and More. We have a great show planned for you today. But first, my friend Leon Logothetis wrote to me this morning asking for some help. He has a new show called Big Dreams from Little Things. And you may remember that Leon was on my show a while ago. He wrote the book, The Kindness Diaries. He traveled across the world on the kindness of strangers. Well, he sent me some books to give away. And after hearing this story, uh, Let me know that you donated if you can, and I will send a book to the 10th person who lets me know. Chase Simmons was born with systemic mastocytosis, a rare and incurable disease. Though doctors initially said he would not live past the age of seven, Chase proved at an early age that he was a fighter. So a constant presence uh, by the side of his, his mom, Vicky, he provided, um, she provided him with an extra boost of hope and strength. Now, he was... Uh, the second child to Vicky. Her first son, Kyle Michael, died at birth. Chase became his Vicky's miracle baby. And not only did Chase live past the age of seven, he came up and he became a private first class in the army. He was stationed in South Korea for a year and a half um, as a behavioral specialist health specialist and he was passionate about helping people and soldiers especially overcome PSTD and suicide prevention. Well, in December 2015, he came home for the holidays. He was struck by a semi-truck who lost control and hit him head on. Chase's injuries include three bleeds on his brain, a broken neck, and the doctors have explained that he wasn't expected to survive more than 48 hours. Well, he did. He suffered the traumatic brain injury. He's 22 years old. He is fighting for his life. He's in San Francisco. He's in a, um, a hospital, and they really need your help to help cover the cost of his medical bills. And so the um, Leon, who now has that show, Big Dreams for Little Things, is there to help him. And Vicky's best friend, Gail McCormick O'Connor, set up a GoFundMe site. So... She says that this family is the most spiritual, kind, loving, giving family that she knows. And if they don't raise the funds for Chase's medical bills, they don't expect this American hero will make it home. So please go to the www.gofundme.com slash big dreams chase. Big dreams chase. Go there and donate generously if you can. And let's bring this soldier home. Thanks. Anyway, are there any Jane the Virgin fans in the wings? What about you, Karina? Are you a Jane the Virgin fan? I love that show. Why do you ask? You'll find out because I just feel like this intro was Jane the Virgin. Okay. 
Meet DJ Duran. DJ spent 23 years in the military as a U.S. Air Force Reserve pilot, which he must have joined when he was 14 because he then spent another 25 years as CEO of multiple corporations. How did he do it? Growing tired of business, DJ and his husband of 14 years, Joe Morales, sold everything and purchased a 61-foot sailboat and lived aboard for three and a half years in the San Francisco Bay, learning how to sail before buying a 32-foot motorhome and driving across the U.S. for a year. Ah, they became famous for the YouTube videos while on the road. Now, DJ and Joe launched Gaycation Magazine, a 100-page glossy LBGTQ travel magazine for a more mature and sophisticated traveler in 2014 and have now grown it to the second largest magazine of its type in the U.S. Uh, in two years. Tired of the road, DJ decided to use his commitment to social justice and community involvement to acquire the oldest and largest LGBTQ newspaper in the Midwest called The Word. Yes, I did say The Midwest. Now, as a publisher, editor-in-chief, DJ, as I said, turned that rag around to respected newspaper with journalistic integrity. Joe is now changing careers and is training to become a certified chef and was invited to be part of the staff of Cerulean in Indianapolis, which is one of the top 10 restaurants in the city with the head chef, a James Beard Award nominee, several years running. And now DJ recently launched his his weekly live internet radio show podcast called The Last Word, airing Fridays at 7 p.m. Uh, on Blog Talk. Oh, and he's planning to be the first openly gay pilot to fly around the world, and that event is called Pride Flight 2018. And now you're caught up on the adventures of DJ and Joe. <laughs> okay. Welcome, boys. How are you? My gosh, how do I live up to the hype of that introduction? <laughs> Look at all the stuff you've done in just a few short years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm uh, Seriously, Frankie, I think I, I was like listening to that. I'm like, wow, I'm tired now. I know. How do you think it's for me? Like, spit all that out. Hi, Joe. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm really glad to have you on the show. I always have Good your, your be better, there. I don't know who's the better half, but I have the other half. Anyway, <laughs> I get to speak to him a little bit more. Wow. Joe's the cute one. I'm the one that talks all the time. He really is cute, I have to say. Oh, my God. Seriously, Frank. You guys want to be alone? Uh, but I mean, he's gay, so I don't, think it, I don't think you have anything to worry about. No, I know. But how did you guys meet? No, okay, you were in the military for like 25 years, and I'm you didn't come out. you didn't come out then, right? Oh, no, no, no. I, um, you know, way back now, it's much different. But way back then, um, you know, all someone had to do is say, make an, inu uh, an insinuation or, or yeah. anything. And then, you and then they would discharge you for conduct unbecoming. And that was that was so nebulous. But that's all it took. And so wow. for most of my career, I had a double life. And even for that, it was it was hard because I didn't come out until I was, you know, close to 40. Wow. How did that feel? Uh, it was relief, you know, truthfully, you know, the funny thing is, is I bawled like a baby when I was talking to my mom, my dad had already passed away. And I remember she, you know, my mother was Sicilian and she's like, what's wrong? Are you in trouble? Are you sick? You know, all the things that moms say. And, and I said, no, no, no. I said, I'm gay. And I, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> and she goes, you don't know how to do it. And <laughs> it was just really just, you know, kind of the weird way. Uh, she had a very practical since and and so um you know she said listen if you focus on being a good human being first then anything you are anything you are involved with will be filtered through that and that is really what helped me not lose my mind when i was making that transition so to speak joe did you know him in the military did i know did you know dj not at all. no okay so no. 
DJ, do you think that you, have you changed like the way you talk or the way you walk? Like, have you changed since, since you left the military and became you? Um, I'm a, yes, I'm and it a, took me a lot of hard work to get him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's like he trained me. It took four, 14 years, but he's trained me. And actually, Joe, we did know each other when I was in the military. The, the very beginning of our relationship, you know, when we just wanted to be friends and we weren't oh, really looking right. for any relationship. Uh, I was on the tail end of my career. And, um, no, I just wondered, like, you know, were you, like, more macho, have a lower voice? Like, did you have to pretend to be something that you weren't, or were you just well, DJ and people you know, I, were? Frankie, I'm 55 now. I have a, right. a bald spot now, and, and you know, I'm working on a keg rather than a six-pack. And, right. and so – but I did look pretty hot in a flight suit, and a lot of girls, you know, chased me down. And I lived up to that reputation for, sure. for – uh, you know, for a period, but, but I never allowed it to get to the point where it was anything meaningful because I'd always use the, my military career as an excuse to cut it off. Like, Oh, I'm leaving, I'm traveling or I'm getting this or I'm gone, what have you. Right. And so I did have a sort of a different persona, but you know, Joe always likes to say now, it's like, how did people not know you were gay? Well, because, because you, you become very adept at, at acting a certain way in certain circumstances. And, okay, and I, I gotta said, ask, Joe, what did you mean by that? Because do you have to act a certain, like, do you have to let people know you're gay first? I don't, I don't think so, because I never did. I just don't care. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, the I mean, you know, how did they not know you were gay? What would have made people, you know, have their gaydar on for uh, DJ? Oh, DJ, well, you know, it just happens, it just, you know, uh, I guess it would be sometimes some of his mannerisms, usually when he's you know, relaxed and just being Maybe himself drunk. or whatever. You, you're just kind of like, you're looking at you him. like, like wow. That, yeah. That you guy's know, gay? Like, well, do? there's one, the, my go-to story basically is yeah. his What's brother and sister-in-law came out to visit us in one year for Christmas and they brought, his brother brought a uh, VHS video of, you know, it was a home family movie. Yeah. And basically, it's showing DJ jump roping with his sister, with his with his niece, and at the Who's end, of, that's sweet. It doesn't matter how old she was; it's all about you, dude. But <laughs> she was at the end. I mean, when he was jump roping, he had zero grace, and you could obviously see that in the video. <laughs> and he's stomping as he's jump roping, and then when he's done, he throws his arms out to his side, kind of just envision, you know, Maria Von Trapp on the hillside singing the, the, the sound of music, you know, and, and he's just, ta-da! And, you know, <laughs> so... Listen, my niece was four years old, and I was the cool uncle who did stuff like that, and... I, think, I, I, can, I can envision you doing that, but I think that you just have this kind of dramatic personality i think that you just really love attention well I well think have you met him in person before because that's no, exactly I, haven't, but I, I i know who he is i i, I see him in my head. i've talked to him yeah am i right am i right joe yes you are very right uh, uh, <laughs> don't listen to joe ever since he had shock treatment and during his prison sentence he's never been the same yeah exactly <laughs> Oh, you guys are too funny. So yes, how did bite, you tell us your bite tell down us your on the bamboo stick, love story? Joe. What's that? Tell us your fall in love story. How did you meet? Uh, well, it wasn't even so much as a falling in love story. It was more, 
I was just, uh, I was just. Tell the truth, Joe. I, think, I am, if you'd be quiet. But I was, uh, we, I was just looking for friends. Uh, sure. Not even okay, so you can much. say that. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, I know. Okay, so you're looking for friends in quotation? No, actually, or? I was just. Oh, I love that. Just, just no, I actually, I swear to God, I really was just looking for friends. Okay, and that's what I told my husband. <laughs> so we were like, um, so we were just chatting way back in when, you know, AOL was popular. Oh, seven seconds to commercial. I think it was AOL, I can't remember, but oh, okay. regardless, it was so, online. And so it was, hang on, Joe, you know, I got to stop you. We got to pick this up after. We're going on vacation. Sure. We'll be right back after we pay the bills. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Strong and flexible core muscles fortify almost everything we do. Harvard Medical School encourages us to think of our core muscles as the sturdy central link in a chain connecting your upper body and lower body. No matter what daily tasks you are doing, the necessary motions either originate in your core or move through it. So an inflexible and weak core can impair how well your arms and legs perform. Strengthening your core activates power and helps you accomplish tasks easily and without pain. A strong core can prevent low back pain that affects four out of five Americans at some point in their life. When back pain occurs, a routine of core exercises is often prescribed to relieve it. Focus on keeping your core strong. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Okay, well, we paid a few bills and we're back. Awesome. It's good to keep the lights on. That's right. We're talking to DJ and we're talking to his husband, Joe. Joe is going to tell us the falling in love story. Um, He just wanted to be a friend. Okay, Joe, go. Uh. Yeah, well, actually, it's true. I was just looking for friends. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically, so we were just chatting online and, you know, way back when AOL was popular. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we just decided to meet and, you know, hang out and, and you know, go from there. But so what we did was we set up a meeting for, you know, because you, you never know about, you know, creepers or anything. So right. we met in public, and I happened to be sitting outside of um, – one of the local malls there outside of the Sears. And I was talking on the phone to my cousin and, and, um, what city, what city? It was in Vancouver, Washington, just outside of oh, Portland, in Vancouver? Oregon. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. And, uh, um, so I was sitting there talking to her, waiting for him to come up uh, to meet me. 
And so I was joking, and every time I saw somebody walking towards, because I was sitting on the bench right next to the entrance, and so every time somebody would walk up, I would say, oh, well, here comes somebody, you know, maybe that's them or whatever. Oh, you and didn't then know what finally he looked like? I said, oh, no, I didn't really know what he looked like, because we were just, you know, chatting, and that was Wait, pretty much it. Wait, we were chatting on, back when, when it was, we were using AOL, that's how long ago it was. But you couldn't, you couldn't send a picture? I think I sent a picture, but, you know, like you send a picture and seeing somebody live is completely different. Yeah, it it can be. Yeah. Okay. Right. So So he comes, this this guy walks up, you know, towards me and I'm like, oh my God, here comes this dude. He's (laughs) like wrinkled. I mean, all of his his shirt was just completely wrinkled. His shorts were completely wrinkled. And I said, watch, this is probably him, you know. And I was like, this guy looks like he sat on all of his clothes before he put them on. What kind of a gay man are you? you know, so we were having a good laugh. And then, so then all of a sudden the guy, instead of going through the entrance, stops in front of me. And he's like, Joe? And I was like, holy crap. I can't be seen with you. Okay. Right. Exactly. I, I so my hands. I can't wait to say the real story. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Well, this, this reminds me of my story, husband but... saying, well, he's just going to be a friend. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, he's in public. At least wear something ironed, you know, and <laughs> he was supposed to be gay for, you know. He and in the military, work. aren't they supposed to, like, wear uniforms that are, like, nice? Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. Well, maybe I was. I don't so, know. So, you know, that was that was our first meeting. And then we just we hung out for a few hours. And I was supposed to go to um, a, a family barbecue, which I was late for. And I'm sure he'll tell you that I told him, no, I didn't really feel like going. But, you know, there was food and alcohol involved. So, of course, sure. I had to go. But, you know, so we – but anyways, we had walked around the mall. We had gone to Starbucks and we had coffee and we people watched and we just chatted. But, you know, and we just – kind of just hung out after that and i do remember telling him one time that i don't even know what happened or what the circumstance was but i was like you know i just i don't find you attractive i think <laughs> you know i just want to have be, be friends and he just <laughs> that part's true yeah yeah okay. you know and, and i was like because i had been through so, <laughs> i had been through so much lot. stuff I was just like, all right, I'm just going to be honest and to the point from this point forward. And how, just how much like older is he than you? How much older is DJ than you? Um, ten years. Ten By years. Okay. ten years and one week. Yeah. So on, on, before you get to before you get to tell your story, DJ, on AOL was that like a dating site? You were on the dating part of AOL. Oh, well, it's a chat room. Yeah, but but a chat room like specific to gay men, or was it just chat? It was yeah. a, it was a chat room specific to gay men. Okay, but and it so wasn't. Was there, it was but all there was no sorts profile. of chatting. You didn't know anything about no. him or anything. You couldn't no, read anything. Right. Okay. okay, so Frumpy Dumpy. <laughs> what are your, your, your oh story? Oh my God! Seriously, now yeah, listen. Exactly. I'm tell your listeners the real story. Okay. Joe is it, he little snippets of truth, but I'm going to tell you how it all came down. Okay. So I was in a rela- I was in a relationship for five years, and it didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we remained friends afterwards, right? So I was like, all right, this is easy. And then I would date, and and my former partner would say that I was a one-hour dater because, like, within an hour, I knew whether or not any you know, thing was going to happen. And and back then, you know, going for coffee meant mm-hmm. you know getting the dessert right. too, right? And so right. so when if I met somebody and if I felt like we didn't have a lot in common, you know, I'd be like, hey, thanks for the coffee, I I got to go. 
Right, no dessert. And, and I'm going to tell you my one story about profiles. It's so much different now. But back then, you know, you didn't really have, like, all these pictures, like, all these apps and everything. So this one guy shows up, and I was like, you don't look like your picture at all. And, he, and his argument was, and this is no lie, I was in a car accident, and I had all this reconstructive surgery done. And that was, like, the, ex- the extent of my dating experience. And I, and I was like, no, no. If you lie right at the starting gate, I don't even want to give you any more yeah. time. Yeah. So I was in the same boat as Joe. I was sick of dating. I was sick yeah. of lying, and I was sick of all that other stuff. And yeah. we met, and we had a lot in common. Like, our family values were in common. You know, our aspirations for the future were, were, were aligned. And so when we met, I was working in the, uh, for a construction company as a superintendent. And so I had just gotten off work, and I was trying to find – it was in the summer, or it was warm weather because I was wearing shots. And it was uh, – I was like, oh, my God, I don't have any clothes. So I just grabbed on clean clothes that I had taken out of the dryer <laughs> – but they, That's I never debatable. them, so they had wrinkles. <laughs> I mean, I was a single guy, you know. So I was like, Dan, oh, do you believe this story? You're a third is, party. What do you think? It is totally true. <laughs> Any single guy will tell you the total truth. Is okay. you, you do laundry, you dry yeah. your clothes, but you leave them in the laundry basket, you right. know, for. Ever. And that's exactly what I did. So I grabbed my clothes. They were clean. And I put them on. I smoothed them out. And I figured, okay, the wrinkles will come out eventually. It's so, hot out. Yeah. So, right. So then I went and I met with Joe. They're probably and, still wrinkled to this day. <laughs> <laughs> They're still and in the laundry basket. Listen, we still do that now. We've been together 14 years. We still do laundry. And I can show you a picture where the, the clothes are in the laundry basket. We just take them out of the laundry basket. Anyway. But it's so much easier just to take them out of the dryer and, and then they're not wrinkled. It, it's true. Huh. But – but or throw them back in the dryer for a few minutes and unwrinkle them. Yes, but I was late, right. In my that's defense, a, that's a concept okay. right there. So then I walk up and he like is giving me the once over, and I can tell that he's thinking, "Wow, he didn't iron his clothes." Right. Oh, you could but, tell that. Yeah, but he's, yeah. You know, they, <laughs> so when you look at him, he goes, "He's gonna, he's gonna knock one off for not ironing my clothes." There goes the dessert. Is that what you thought? I put, no. I said, "Oh, he's dessert." Chance. I still have a chance. <laughs> so then we go to have coffee. <laughs> I could tell he's totally smitten and, right. you know, because he had to go to a barbecue and it was only supposed to be an hour long coffee and it ended up being right. like three and a half hours. Oh, or okay. Yeah. And then um, we did, we went on another date after that and we had dinner and that's when he said, you know, I don't really find you attractive. I just want to be friends. And I was uh-huh. like, I'm fine with that too. You know, we, that's all well and good. But the lesson of this story is that, our relationship was built on that, on friendship first. Right, right. And we actually grew to like each other as people, which right. evolved into a relationship, which in turn, you know, had lasted, you know, 14 years. Almost. But, you know, that's, I'm going to stop you there because that's a really, really good point. You know, I mean, it happens all the time that I find people go, well, he wasn't cute. He wasn't attractive. But when you know somebody and you begin to like them, become more attractive to you. That's and right. And, you know, you see things that I went out with this guy. He was like, ugh, bug. But then when he kissed me, it was like, oh, my God, like you're the best kisser in the world. And you became more attractive. I don't know. Or they but, should give you attention or respect. Or yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Because, you know, and you can, when you're young and you're good looking, you can get laid. That's so easy. That's right. But, That's right. But after that is who's going to be there through thick and thin and who's going to be there through, right. um, you know, all the tough times. And Joe has always been there. Now, bear in mind, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit when I said that, but I, <laughs> I do sort of mean it. 
that's not nice. Uh-huh. But Joe, Joe, ha- Joe is kind of like you know your straight man to to you. I mean, you, everybody who's outgoing like you and I need need that anchor, and he lets you you know go off into stratosphere and come back. Well, first of all, Joe's my in all seriousness. Joe's my soulmate. We've been right. through so much together, and we're each other's best friends. We trust each other completely, and you know, I'm pretty darn lucky to have that. And and I always used to say that that he lets me swim far away from the shore because I know mm-hmm. that if I get in trouble, he can reel me back in. Right. Because you know, we've done some crazy stuff over the years, and you know, I'm not perfect. Neither one of us are perfect. You know, we've made tons of mistakes. But when you put your neck on the line and you take big risks, then your crash, if you do crash, is spectacular. You know, Joe, and wait, and I want to ask Joe, what do you, what do you, what's the, what do you love about, about DJ? Like, what's the one thing that you just, like, he's just so awesome. Huh. Yeah, Joe. Well, there's, <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's just, there's a lot of things. It's, it's like he said, you know, it's, we've been through a lot together, but I think the more importantly, it's, we can, we're there for each other and we can tell each other anything. Right. Like about about him personally, like what is the one thing about him that, you know, you like the most or you respect the most or do you like his business acumen? Do you like how he's he can talk to anybody? Do you like that he tries new things? Like what about him is, it still excites you and not see. You know. Are you recording this show? Well, of course, it's live. Because, <laughs> see, now, you know, the problem is, is this could be played back and, and used against me, but... Uh... I'll ask him the same question. I'll ask him the same question. Um, actually, it's, it's, it's just him. I, yeah. you know, I love to look at him. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, that's so sweet. DJ? Well, I'm the same way with, you know, like, there's so much about Joe that is you know, that makes him my soulmate. But the biggest thing is I just have unconditional love and I get that back. And more importantly, the one thing I always tell him and it's something I've never really had in my life is he makes me feel safe and wanted, you know? And so when you're a big personality and I know I have kind of an outgoing personality, you, you, in your, in those moments, in those quiet moments, when you're by yourself, you, you always, sort of wonder whether someone is being real or whether, you know, you're safe or someone's going to look out for you. Yep. And, and, uh, and, and I have that with him. And then, of course, I love everything. He's cute. He's funny. He's such a hard worker. You know, he's loyal. You know, he's trustworthy. You know, and so this, I can go on and on and on. That's, okay. Well, you can stop because we're going to go to a commercial break oh, very yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> We do have to. We do have to to do that every now and then. But you know, I we got thirty seconds. But I want to say, you know, anybody who'll let you, you know, get rid of all of your your worldly belongings and move on to a boat and then in, into you know uh, a Winnebago or whatever it was that you guys drove around is pretty special. I will tell you this before the break. Let me tell you how that whole boat thing happened. No, you can't. We're going to break right now. That's what you I can mean. tell me after when you the come break. back. I'll tell yeah. you what happened. After the break, you can tell us. (laughs) Stick around, stay tuned. We're coming right back. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. Have you heard? 
The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. A common food myth is that bread will make you fat. The truth is quite the opposite. If you eat the right kinds of breads and other grains, you can actually lose weight. The fiber found in whole grain foods helps slow digestion, keeping you fuller longer. True whole grain bread products will have whole grain or whole wheat flour as the first ingredient. If you see anything else, it is not what you want to eat, even though it may say wheat. A study in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that overweight people who acquired all of their grain servings from whole grains lost more belly fat than those who skipped the whole grains. You should still avoid refined grains like enriched flour, but a moderate amount of whole grain bread can be a great asset to a balanced diet. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. And we're back. You're listening to Frankie Sense and more. Frankie Picasso, I am your host, and we are here with DJ Duran and his husband, Joe Morales. Well, Joe, you you um, just currently went back to become a chef, and you were DJ told me that you were doing uh, the financial aspect of of your partnership, and now you're you're cooking. So, what is it about cooking that you love so much? Or what got you to go uh, back? It's it's basically everything. I enjoy I enjoy cooking and creating things and usually when i mean aside from the meals that i would make for the two of us it i always enjoyed creating and putting together a, a meal for our friends and family because it was just it, it brings people together it you know and I, I know a lot of people say that but it it really does and and hopefully you're enjoying the meal and the laughter and and the company Right. So I, well, cooking. So I, mean, I, I grew up every... where. What's that? I said no. I said food is at the heart of every gathering. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. You know, and I grew up where we started to, we started eating at the dining room table all the time, and and then you know as everybody grew up and and lives got crazier, you know, then we started eating in front of the television, you know, probably mm. just like most everybody does. But oh, I had a rule: uh, never in front of the TV. Yeah, and then and I had the same rule, and it you know, DJ at first was kind of like, "What are you talking about?" You know, it's like, "No, we sit at the dining room table. We don't have our phones, and we mm-hmm. don't have the TV on. You know, we'll have yeah. the radio on, but but it's mainly we just sit around and we eat and we talk and enjoy each other. You know, and I think and that's then, really important. It is. 
You yeah. Know? So, and I think that's just that's the center of it for me. Is is just being together and and having an actual conversation. So, do you have a favorite cooking show? Are you addicted? I am. I'm addicted to all of them. Uh, yeah. Well, I. You know, I started out watching quite a bit of Food Network. There are still some that I watch, but uh, mainly I watch a few when I have the opportunity. I haven't had – actually, I haven't watched TV in probably six months. But, wow. Um, oh, yeah, you're working 24 I, hours a day, seven days a week, right? Yeah. So, I, yeah, between working and going to school, it's like when I'm not asleep, I'm working or at school or, you know, trying to so- – like, Stay do you awake, like Chopped? But... Did you watch Chopped? I love Chopped. I think Chopped is Chopped is, yeah. I, I watch Chopped every once in a while. Um, but really, I'm more into, there's a couple of shows on Netflix. Like, there's one, I think they're on season three, but it's called The Mind of a Chef. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's, there are various chefs around the world that they talk with <clears throat> and, give their perspective of, you know, how they create and what their outlook is or what their take on food is, um, you know, and it's just, it's not, it's not the celebrity sh- chef right. uh, type of a TV show. It's it, their actual working chefs that are, you know, trying right. to, you know, like everyone else, make their way through the restaurant and culinary industry. But, you know, the like, for instance, David Chang was on the, was on for a few episodes of, you know, he's the chef and owner in New York for uh, Mama Fuko. But, you know, and, and since then, I think that he's kind of elevated himself. Well, obviously, he has elevated himself to, you know, uh, on his way to celebrity chef. But there are a few others. But it's more, you know, it's more the focus is on the food and actually, you know, instead of endorsing a product, I guess. It's amazing to me how, how chefs have become TV personalities. All of a sudden they're like the go-to, you know, personality. Now, DJ, you're, you're building an empire, um, a media (laughs) multimedia empire with your new radio station. And are you going to have, maybe Joe should host a show about these chefs, you know, just like they bring these guys on, (laughs) talk about the food. He'll elevate himself. They'll get everybody to elevate for Joe. You're the corn belt. (laughs) (laughs) I never heard of that, the corn belt, but hopefully it's not like Children of the Corn. Isn't that out? Mm. That was the scariest book I ever read except for the stand. Yeah. And the kid that played the first movie was kind of creepy too. But anyway, Joe has a website called Edible Fairs. Oh, nice. It's where he blogs about what it's like going to chef school and working and what have you. And I approached him about doing a show, you know, at some point, but – he just doesn't have the time right now, but that's yeah, something right that's now, no. on on the radar, you know. And um, and I'd love to have him do that. And I think it would be fun to have a cooking show, you know. That'd be kind of fun too. I'd but, love to cook. Yeah. Well, Joe's. Uh, he didn't say this, but I'll say it for him. He likes his his big thing is like farm to table, you know, fresh ingredients and that you know curing meats and and yeah. pickling and all that sort of cool stuff. So um, so it would be really interesting for someone that is just used to seeing, you know, regular cooking. Joe, did you, did you say pickling meats? He no, did. I said I said curing <laughs> meats and pickling. I don't know. Do you, oh. do you know do you know do you know Tessa Edick? Have you do you know that name? 
No, Tessa, I haven't. Tessa, Tessa wrote a book about. Um, she's got. They, she has a farm institute in New York, and and they have a place where they bring kids to teach them how to become chefs uh, at, at this farm, and and she puts on this great big farm food event every year, um, and she's pretty cool. But she's she's in New York State, and uh, she was on the show a while ago, but. I'll have to introduce you because she just knows everybody. She's pretty connected. Okay, I want to move on to Pride Flight. Pride Flight 2018. DJ um, is going to take his his expertise and fly around the world, be the first openly gay pilot to fly around the world, and you are looking to do that in a DC-3. Mm-hmm. Now, is this going to be um, a, a DC-3 that um, has upgraded turbine engines, or is this going to be one that... Um, doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was piston, very technical. I'll piston see if I or Basler turboprop conversion? How do you like that? <laughs> there you go. A, tur- a Basler turboprop conversion. That's what you're talking about. Because yeah. there's only one company that does that, and they're in um, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Yeah. So no, this is not going to have the turbo conversion. It is going to be the old um, Pratt and Whitney R1830 radial engines, which will be overhauled. To, uh, to their original performance. And, and so there's a couple of things for Pride Flight. One is I've always wanted to do something like this, and it was on my bucket list, and I, I, I sort of never knew how I would be able to do it. I was going to just fly a single-engine private plane. But then I came up with this idea, and I thought, why not just combine my love of that airplane and my um, bucket list item? And within two weeks of coming up with the concept, I flew to Mexico, and I found the plane. And wow. shortly thereafter, went into contract to purchase it, and now are working through all the details of of, uh, of Pride Flight. And the the point of Pride Flight was and is is to just be a goodwill mission to to support and and um, offer support to LGBT communities, groups, and organizations worldwide. No political agenda, no anything, and right. just just go and do that and. And, you know, I didn't want it to be a race. It's not a race to circumnavigate. It, I wanted to be able to have the flexibility to linger at these destinations mm-hmm. if we could be direct help. And when I say direct help, I mean like uh, medevac or food or, or transport or what have you. Mm-hmm. And so I allotted seven months to one year for the whole trip. Wow. Nice. Now, and are, are you going to take – because that plane fits about 50 people. Are you going to take people with you? Um, we're going to take a crew of five, um, you know, co-pilot, a flight engineer. I have Mm -hmm. the flight engineer. I'm still searching for a co-pilot. And then we're going to have various uh, people that will be part of the crew on various legs. There'll be over 22 legs. And a leg is a distance between point A and point B. Sure. So uh, obviously we're not going to circumnavigate nonstop. We're going to stop. So there's 22, 23 stops along the way. And so – it only requires two people to fly the plane, three ideal, a pilot, a co-pilot, and then a flight engineer to manage systems. Everybody else is going to be for support, you know, videography, blogging, right. you know, that sort of stuff. And so, um, so yeah, so Joe um, is going to be part of that to a degree. So he may not do the whole flight, be, you know, for that whole time. Right. Uh, he may just be on parts of specific legs and hopefully write about the culinary experience wherever we, we happen to be at the time. And um, and then when we're done, if we're done, and it's a dangerous mission, you know, this is a DC three is not like an airliner, right? You know, it's 
it's not going to go up to 40, 50,000, 40,000 right. feet. 40, 000, I mean, it's going to top out at 10,000 feet. So, yeah, that's a bumpy ride. At, first of all, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Second of all, uh, it's uh, uh, we're going to have to fly around mountains and 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 things like that instead of over mountains. Right. And, uh, and it doesn't fly very fast, and it doesn't have a lot of range. So we have to be really specific. And when we leave Canada, Goose Bay, to go across to Iceland and Greenland, you know, yeah. we're talking about the North Atlantic, and it's hours of flight without any land in sight yeah. and very limited fuel. And the same thing when we leave the Philippines on the back end to cross the Pacific, we have to island hop on these little dots of, of volcano, uh, volcanic uh, islands mm-hmm. uh, to be able to hopscotch our way across the Pacific to Hawaii and then eventually to San Francisco. So um, it's dangerous. And so that's why I said if we finish, because there's a real and present danger that, you know, there could be disaster. The other thing is, um, is once I finish, and if I finish, then I will be in the record books to play as the first openly gay pilot to actually yeah. navigate by air, which is not the reason why we're doing it. It's just another layer. Right. And, so and are you going to well, plan it, though, so that you can land in San Francisco for Pride Day? Um, it's hard because there are so many variables with weather and things like that. But, but uh, I don't think that that's going to be the case for, for San Francisco. But what we are attempting to do is to fly from Indianapolis uh, to New Orleans as our mm-hmm. first stop. And then we're going to be in hopefully Key West, uh, Florida, for their 40th anniversary of their of their business guild and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then from Key West, we may go to a couple of other places in Florida before heading into New York. And then New York will be our last stop before we head out of the country. And, and we're only going to have a limited number of stops in the United States. And these are basically to sort of give us a send off as we go, because I don't want to zigzag and spend a year crossing the United States because everybody sure. wants a ride flight plane. Yeah. Uh, and then when we come back, we're going to be in Hawaii. It's our first U.S. stop, obviously. And then from Hawaii, we'll come into San Francisco. Um, I'm not sure we're going to have a coordinated uh, stop there, but we are going to have a coordinated stop in Palm Springs, then from Palm Springs to Las Vegas, and then from Las Vegas back to Indianapolis, which is wow. where we'll finish the flight. And um, like I said, it's going to be a year long. The thing about this, too, Frankie, is this flight is, fully, is going to be fully funded by corporate sponsorships, individual donations, crowdfunding. I mean, we're using all sorts of different things. And you can go to prideflight2018.com um, to learn more about it. Or you can like us on Facebook at Pride Flight 2018. But the, um, the other part of that is, is that uh, while we're flying, we're going to be Oh, I'm going to stop you. We have to go to commercial break. So oh. when we come back, we'll talk about... Um, what has to happen for you to okay. take off and for all those corporate sponsors and everybody else. We'll be right okay. back. Don't go anywhere. Okay. We'll be right back after we pay the bills. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. 
These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To lose or maintain your weight, it's valuable to know how many calories you're burning during your exercise. Discovery Health revealed the amount of calories that were approximately burned with these certain exercises. Of course, there are many factors such as your weight, age, speed, etc. that make a difference in the total calories burned, but these are estimates. For a 30-minute workout, you will burn 252 calories by ice skating. Rowing will torch 280 calories, while kayaking will burn 170 calories. Playing tennis will burn 250 to 300 calories, and basketball, 288 calories. Swimming will burn 360 calories, but running is the big winner at 450 calories burned. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook. Okay, and we're back. The Frankie Sentence and more. Did you hear that, Annette Hammond? Fitness Minute. Like yes. 450 calories burned. Like how long, Annette? Two hours of running? <laughs> yes. No. I'm sorry. I'd rather be fat. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> I'm okay. Not fit. I'm 55. I don't really want to chase that. Okay. Well, we were talking about, we're going to finish off talking about um, Pride Flight 2018. You were just about to tell us something when we went off. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, basically, you know, this is, um, you know, this is going to be one of those big projects. It takes a, and I can't remember my complete thought, but I will tell you that, that um, it's, it's funded by corporate sponsors. It's funded by crowdfunding. It's funded mm-hmm. by, um, you know, all, all sorts of other things. And, it, and it's going to take us two years to plan. You know, 2018 seems like it's a long yeah. way off, but it really isn't. Not for a no. project of this scope and, and size. So, so you, guys a- could be, you, guys, you guys could potentially be apart, though, for like seven months. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't think Joe could la- you know, would allow that to happen. He'd miss me way too much. Well, there's Skype. Yeah, we haven't used or, Skype. You know, for email. <laughs> <laughs> and we use Skype for different things. Yeah, man. There's AOL still around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess uh, I don't have to sign up for my account again, then, huh? I guess so. But you know, I want to tell you something that uh, something that was kind of fun is when I wanted to tell you the story about the boat. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the boat. That's pretty exciting. That was a beautiful boat. If you go to um, thegoodradionetwork.com, you can see a picture of the boat. The boat is there. Yeah. Under um, DJs, you'll, you'll see the little story about them. But yeah. So we never sailed a day in our life. We never even owned a boat. That's and so we were in Chicago in 2008, 2009 when the economy was collapsing. Mm-hmm. And we were in real estate. Joe was in commercial real estate and I was um, involved with hotels, you know, mm-hmm. buying and selling hotels. Anyway, one day I after looking at some tropical websites and seeing, you know, how other people lived on their boat, I walked over to Joe. I said, Joe, let's sell everything and buy a sailboat and live on it and sail around the world. And he just looks up at me and he goes, do you even know how to sail? I said, how hard can it be? How hard can it be? Right. A lot of work. It was a lot of work. Our very first boat within what, Joe, 30 days or 60 days, we bought the boat. Uh, Yeah. I don't remember something like that. Yeah. It was a blur. It's bigger, the better. Like, no, I think it's Well, in most cases, yes. Yes. Yeah, yes, exactly. in the game, but, yes. 
But in this, in this part, not just a had... gay world, DJ. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Thank you. Uh, the uh, you know we I looked online. We found a boat. I flew out to um, California. I made the deal, and and I came back. I said, okay, we have a boat, and then we sold everything. Sold everything. You didn't. You did, You guys didn't even go take sailing lessons. Oh no. That would have been the easy thing. We didn't do that. So yeah, exactly. And actually, the thing that made me the mad the most was he's like, I because I have you know I had you know clothes and this and that and you know he's I had so, belongings. He's, so and he's like, well, oh you you know you don't need to take all of this with you. It's California for God's sakes. You just need shorts and a t-shirt. And, yeah. And so okay. I got rid of some of my nice clothes and this and that and we get out to San Francisco and I'm like holy crap it's freaking cold here yeah it's very cold on the on the water and it is cold in California yeah. I, was, I just came back from California and we froze the whole time yeah and I was down yeah. in Baja yeah, yeah San crazy. Francisco is cold yeah I'm sorry so Mexico can be cold yeah, yeah we, we bought the boat and then we drove across the city, uh, across the country we, with our remaining belongings. And at the time, we had a 175-pound bull mastiff named Fang. And oh. so all three of us drove across the country. We go to the broker. We pick up the boat. He gives me the keys. And he says, oh, I can't take you to your marina because I'm going to be in a yacht race for a week. Oh. So we lived in like this industrial boatyard with no shower or anything for what, a week, Joe? Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, I thought it was only a couple of days, but apparently you say a week. I don't remember. Oh, well, it seemed like a week. Well, it seemed like a week. Well, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then, I well, what about Fang? Had... Did Fang take to the water? Did he like it? Did you have a, a life vest for him? No, he was too big. That's a whole other show. But I'll tell you about Fang in a minute. But so then, after a while, Joe—he wasn't like, really a bright dog, anyways. No. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Joe's oh. like, oh, this is sucks, and this boat sucks, and this and that. And, you know, we were bickering. We hadn't showered. It was hot. It was it's dirty. Disgusting. Yeah. The boat was dirty. And so um, I said, screw it. I said, drive over to the marina. And our, our daughter was with us. And I said, drive over to the marina. I'm going to drive this freaking boat over there. And I didn't know anything. And so I just started He's the like, boat. like, I'm a pilot. Therefore, I can sail. <laughs> That's right. And I drove the boat. No sails, but I did You don't know how power. many times I heard that. Yeah, That's really? Right. Yeah, and uh, and I drove the boat, and you know what freaked me out? As I was going under the um, the Bay Bridge, the mast was sixty five feet tall. Oh my god! And I'm like, oh my god! I think I'm gonna, I think it's gonna hit. I think it's gonna hit. And, you and I'm going. by myself with Fang, and <laughs> yeah. you know, and so then I luckily made it under there. But I get yeah. to the marina, right? It was Emeryville yeah. Marina. I pull into the seawall, in between the seawall, and I had to make a hard right to go to where our slip was, and then another hard left and all of that. And, and you have to remember, I, don't, I have no idea how to drive a boat. I have no idea about sure. fluid dynamics other than airplanes. And so I'm thinking, oh, man, these are all these million-dollar yachts. They're, they're docked on yeah, the Yeah, you don't want to be hitting them. So I go in there, and by the grace of God, I somehow get into our area where the slip was, and I point the boat into our slip, and I was like, okay, I'm, I have nothing to lose. And I gunned it. And I went I, right into the slip, and I thought I was going to crash into it. I put it in reverse in the last second, and it stopped, luckily. And, and because wow. I did it that one time, I knew I could do it, and so I wasn't as, as fearful. But I will tell you that I lost eight pounds in sweat because I was so nervous. Okay, so how did you learn like, the sailing part, like the sail part, to put up the sail and, and do the jig? And, you know, like, that's hard. That stuff's not easy. 
Yeah, um, we learned by trial and error. Like, what does this yeah. do? Oh, that doesn't work. And then oh, we it cracks like, your head. <laughs> yeah, we learned by you know by other people and yeah. and what have you. And uh, you know, we made a ton of mistakes. And like the time I said to Joe, throw up all the sails and let's see what you can do in like thirty knot winds in San Francisco Bay. And we put up all the sails, and I'm on the on the deck because we had two steering um, areas. One up on the top deck and one down below, but I was on the top deck and we throw up the sails and the boat heels over like 55 degrees. Oh yeah. And I'm holding on to Fang's, um, Fang's collar. So he doesn't fall overboard. And so I'm trying to steer the boat and I gun the power to get, to get the boat out of, um, out of, uh, the point of sail so that she would ride herself. But what I didn't know is that Joe had put the transmission into neutral. And I thought the whole, Transmission failed, and we were going to crash, and the boat. Oh was no! But we um. Well, we, we were sailing. Did Fang ever fall so in the water? The uh, not off of the boat, but off of the dock. He fell in, and then he did. You know what he would normally do? He sunk, oh, and no. so our daughter had to jump in and pull him out. Wow! So yeah, that's why you have a vest on them because then you can pull him up from the vest. You know. Well, not she heavy, couldn't even though. do that because he's 175 pounds dry. Yeah. So, you know, and we did eventually get a vest for him, but he, he's still. How much does a 175 pound dog weigh wet? A lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot. And, his, and most of that 176 wet. pounds. Yeah. That's right. But that yeah. Funny. That's right. That's heavy. You know, is that? <laughs> listen, you don't know how your relationship, how close you are as a relationship until you live on a boat and then you yes. live at a motorhome for a year. Yeah. That's what everybody said to, to Dan and I when we took off and we took off in the pickup truck um, across the U.S. Uh, for a month in the in, in the cab of a truck and said, if you guys can can do that, then, you know, you can do anything. And we never fought. Not once. We, we've we still never fought in all these years. So oh, it was pretty good. We yeah, we never fought once either. It, it, was, it was more like, like several times. times. Like 20 times. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe was like, oh, turn here. Do this. Oh, you're speeding. Oh, you're going too slow. Oh, pay attention. Oh, the light's green. You never okay. had that? But tell us about the videos. The videos are fun. I, I saw some of them. Yeah. We, uh, How did you start doing those? I'll start this and then Joe can finish it. But Okay. Because he was we, pretty uh, funny. Joe, you we, were funny uh, in those videos. So Joe is the straight guy. No pun intended. He's so, a what? He's, he's a straight, straight guy. Yeah, in the he videos. is. Yeah. So we did I think it's actually called straight man. Yeah. Straight, straight man. man. Straight man. Yeah. So um, spoil. Spoil. We would do these videos, and and we were doing um, some videos to document our travels. And you know, Joe is very structured. It's like, okay, here's the camera set up. Say your lines. Do this. Do that. Do this. And I, on the other hand, you know, march to the beat of my own drum. <laughs> and so he. Cracked, I cracked myself up sometimes, and then Joe's like, stop it, stop it, stop it. Like, as you saw that one video in Ogunquit, you yeah. know, he, he was getting irritated at me um, because I wasn't, um, I couldn't stop laughing. And I couldn't stop laughing because he was so wound up so tight. He was like a yo-yo. And, um, and so we did these videos. Well, we started to do the videos, and we, and we found that our outtake videos were far and away more popular than the real video of what we were trying to say. Yeah. So, you know, we just started to say, let's just be ourselves and not be put so much pressure on it. And it, you know, and it, and it worked out. Now, 
I don't know I'm going to stop you just for one moment because I want to, we've only got three minutes left oh. now, a little bit less. So let's make sure that folks who love you guys can get in touch with you. Um, you've got a hundred websites. So which one do you want to give out? Um, let's give out, uh, let's give out, let's give out the gay word because that's our main website. So the gay okay. that's where you can find and get directed to everything else. And if you want to hear, if you want to hear, uh, DJ, he's, he's got his own radio show now. It's, uh, the last word podcast.com. You can check that out. Yep. Okay. It's on blog talk radio. It's on blog talk radio. The last word every Friday um, at seven o'clock. The blog talk.com slash the last word every Friday. You can go there. Yeah. He's got some fun guests. Okay. So the, the outtakes were funnier than the intakes. And yes. Joe was like, come on, do it right. Stop being an ass. <laughs> yes. <pretty laughs> but that's why I always carry a taser. <laughs> right. It's true. Oh, you guys are funny. But You're hilarious. we've done so many crazy things. And, you know, you know, the funny thing, I got to tell you this one story really fast about the boat, which is hysterical. When we first bought the boat, we were going on a family vacation with Joe's family. And they know we're kind of crazy and we do all these different things. But we printed out a picture of the boat and we went – we're in Hawaii, and of course, Joe's dad is Mexican, and Joe's mom is what English and, and German and something. Anyway, so right. we're all sitting around this table, and there's a, like eight or nine of us sitting there, and uh, and Joe's like, "We have a a big announcement," and and Joe's mom says, "Oh, nothing you guys do surprises us anymore." And so Joe hands out <laughs> these pictures, and he says, "We bought a boat. We bought a boat, and we're going to live on the boat um, for this and that. And we're going to sail around the world." Crickets, crickets, crickets. And then Joe's mom says, but Joey, you don't even like to get your hair wet. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Which is true. You know, and I have to ask you really, really quick. You you don't even like the water. How did you get a daughter? Whose daughter? Did you guys adopt a daughter? No, No, it's my biological daughter. It's your biological daughter. How old is she? Uh What's that? How old is she? She will be, what year is this? Uh, she's going to be 25. Wow. Yeah. I guess the show is over. Oh, my God. That hour went oh so fast. Thank you so much. We love Frankincense and you, Frankie. Thank you for having Thank us on. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Okay, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Shit, are you be the one way to make me smile?